Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, and my daughter is my co-host today as we answer your questions about 888-825-5225, about your life and your money, 888 888- Eight two five five two two five. Kevin's in Indianapolis. Whoops, that's wrong. Let me try it again. Kevin's in Indianapolis to uh, start off this hour. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Dave. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, uh, got a question. My wife and I have been talking for about a week or two now. We are trying to get some stuff underway to start saving up for a mortgage on our house. Uh, backstory is we were about one quarter smart, three quarters dumb. We were one quarter smart off by living off of a $30,000 a year income for on her income. So I could pay my way through master's school, three quarter dumb. We needed a reliable car. So I fell into that trap and I bought a car years ago. Um, where we're at now is we owe about 21,800 left on the car. In one savings area, we have about 19,000 and another savings area have about 5,000. We are torn between being highly aggressive with that 19000 and being mildly aggressive because we do have a one-year-old and we're both kind of like, you know, do, do we go for the full 19 or do you go a little less? Wondering what your advice would be on that. Did you graduate? Yeah, yeah. Graduated, got a double-year income. Right now, I bring in a 125 gross. 125 Gross, yes. Okay, and she's still working, and she makes thirty. Yeah. So we have a hundred fifty thousand dollars household income. Yeah. A twenty one thousand dollars car debt, and twenty four thousand dollars in your accounts. Yes. Okay. And what are the what are they each saved in? What's the nineteen thousand in? Uh, it's over in a in Capital One. It's just over there, sitting in a, a high performance CD or high performance savings. Okay, and then the other five is where. It's just in our, our mutual bank account. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. The, the five the five is our kind of um, our three months. We're we're just starting to look at your guys' stuff a little bit, and we, when we're looking at our numbers, the five is kind of our about five months um, savings. We have a thousand emergency, but the five is or the five thousand is about a, a four or five months. Yeah, yeah. So what what happened, Kevin? Was when I was your age, I went broke and lost everything. Rachel was a baby, and we couldn't pay the light bill. And so from that experience, I started studying what is the fastest right way to build wealth because I had built wealth the wrong way, and that's why I lost everything, too much debt. Mm -hmm. And in studying that and in studying people who had built wealth, I pretty quickly discovered that that the people who build wealth, not the middle class and not the people who wander around in a fog, with an opinion, but the people who had actually become millionaires, the vast majority of them realized that their most powerful wealth-building tool was their income. None of them get rich on a high-yield savings account. High-yield savings account will not, by defi- cannot mathematically, by definition, make you rich because you're making 3 or 4%. Yeah, and, we and, and there and inflation was making like 10%. Inflation 4.1. is 9 Okay, right now. So you're going backward, all right, period. So the bottom line is this. The ones that built wealth were the ones that got out of debt and avoided debt. That put us on the journey of 
at Ramsey 30 years ago uh, of showing people how to get out of debt so that they can build wealth more reliably, so that they can change their family tree, so that they can be outrageously generous, okay? So that's the Mm -hmm. premise on which we answer all of these questions. We want to take you down that path, and never in the history of man has someone keeping a $21,000 car loan around like it's a pet been a method of building wealth. Think no, about it. We were we were we were really aggressive with it to get to start. So it was sixty thousand dollars total. I paid forty in two years, and now we're looking at it as when we do when we sat I mean, down and l- did let's the just say out loud that that purchase was stupid. Well, yeah, it was way yeah. out of your budget. You said that was the twenty five percent not smart. I'm agreeing with you. Okay, well, was, I, I've, done I've done dumber. I've done dumber. I've done dumber. But but so you know, all of that's going to lead us to a pretty simple answer. Yeah, which, Kevin, is is to pay it off today, and then you're going to have $3,000 left as a buffer for your starter or your emergency fund and baby step three, which is your three to six months of expenses. But so, you make $150,000 a year. You should yeah. be able to put several thousand dollars a month in that account, and so we're not going to be at 3000 but for 30 seconds. The end of the next month, you should be at six or 8000 The end of the next month, you should be at ten dollars or $12,000. So we're not walking yeah, around so- with a one-year-old with absolutely no money as a way of life. It's just a momentary thing here. By Christmas, you ought to have a big old pile of money, man. And that's that's where we're at, where we're, we're both, when we talk about it, we both see the, like you're saying, Dave, with the get aggressive and in four months you have this, and we're both looking at the one-year-old who does have some medical appointments coming up going, should we be just slightly safer and span it out over a matter? You're not going to have a medical appointment months. unless the child has medical issues today. You're not going to have a one-year-old medical appointment that is going to take more than three thousand dollars. Okay. Unless he, he has some he kind of some unless stuff. he's struggling with something. But I mean, if he's going in for standard checkups, you know, it's a couple of hundred bucks, dude, and you make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I think you can handle it. So be aggressive with it, highly aggressive. The reason would be that that's the fastest right way for you to build wealth. Get that emergency fund in place, a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, and then with no payments at all, now we save for that house like crazy. Mm-hmm. And you can do it, man. I mean, you, you just you lean, lean in on a budget. Yeah, and I think, Kevin, too, one of the, the mindset shifts – that is important for you guys just to say out loud with you and your wife is like, okay, where we are today, we don't like it. We don't like having, we had a $60,000 car loan. Now we've done, you know, we've, we've taken it down to 21,000. We have some money here. We have some money there. Obviously something is stirring in you guys that you're not content with where you are financially. You know, there's something in you that's like, man, there, there could be a better way, which is why you picked up your phone and called the show, right? I mean, like there, there's why something you walked in into you. the bear cage. <laughs> Bear yeah. named Dave. Bear named Dave. Uh, but but so so my challenge to you, Kevin, would be like to be do something different. Try this way what we're saying. And again, it's not going to put you back financially at all. You guys have a great income. You're going to be okay. And and there's going to be natural fear, natural hesitation to do something that feels a little different. But what you guys have been doing, if you keep doing the same thing, you're not going to be happy with your results. So you have to do something different. Doing something different is uncomfortable, but push in, even if it's even if you're scared and uncomfortable, because you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be fine if you pay attention 
and play through. Good stuff. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. And uh, stepping into the guest seat, Alex Hormozy. I'm going to mess it up. Hormozy, a first-generation Iranian-American entrepreneur. I just spent the morning with him. We did his podcast. I was a guest. He's an investor, a philanthropist, known for his expertise in customer acquisition and monetization. It's a huge deal on YouTube, has done some amazingly large business deals, including scaled and exited seven companies uh, for in excess of $46 million. So been a joy hanging out with this young guy. He's getting things done. 1.3 million YouTube subscribers. Welcome. Good to have you, brother. I'm honored to be here. Well, we're honored to have you with us. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, this is big. I've been following you on YouTube for a long time. And then we had Graham Stefan on. I was on his show, and he was like, you got to hang out with Alex. So you're on now. And what's interesting is that you mentioned in one of your YouTube videos that Dave gave Graham Stefan some of the wisest advice you'd ever heard around investing. And I want you to share that. So Graham was had his big pie chart of his investments on the table. And he said, Dave, what am I doing wrong here? What should I be doing? And Dave, rather than just like giving him like, oh, you need to be 16% here and 13% here. He said, well, if this pie chart were your knowledge and expertise, how would you divide it up? He's like, well, I'd probably say I'm 85% real estate, maybe like 15% like my knowledge of stocks. And that more or less mirrored what Graham's actual investment portfolio looked like. Mm. And the big takeaway that I had when I was seeing that was it wasn't one particular methodology. It wasn't like, oh, you got to get into stocks. You got to get into crypto. You got to get into... No, obviously, like (laughs) I'm I'm baiting, right? Um, But it was more so do what you know. And when my wife and I uh, exited our company and we had taken a sizable distributions prior to that, um, I hadn't really come up with an investment strategy because the investment strategy was in the beginning, don't be poor. Um, (laughs) It's a good start. It's a good one. I like that one. (laughs) Um, But then after that, it was just like I had everything in indexes and I wanted to take a more active role. And the only thing I felt like I knew good enough was business. And so I'd gone all the way to the edge on, you know, two, three, four big real estate transactions. And right before I needed to send the money, I pulled back because I was like, I don't know this stuff. And so uh, once I got basically gave myself permission or I felt like you'd give me some sort of like verbal permission to just do what I know, um, acquisition.com kind of started and became our family office for everything that we do investing, which is exclusively businesses that we feel like we can add value to. Yeah. And it's, it's a space you know you're comfortable in. You should never put money in something that you don't understand and don't know. And because some guy in a good suit said to, and the only thing he may own is a good suit. So that's probably not where we're taking the advice. So really that that's really, really, really important. Okay. So you started with nothing over $50 million net worth in excess of that on this one transaction. Yeah, so I know, I know you're probably North of a hundred million at that point. Um, and, uh, the I, Iranian 
American. Mm-hmm. So your 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 first generation. Yeah, first American. Gen. Yeah. Okay, so your parents came from Iran. Mm-hmm. Both. Just my dad. Just your dad. Okay. Mom's I've got a really good friend that uh, b- both of his parents came here, and uh, also unbelievably successful uh, and, and financially and. Sometimes I think uh, I was talking to my friend Brian Buffini, who's Irish, and he, ta- he has a book out called The Immigrant Edge. Uh-huh. And so the mentality that comes off that George's parents mm-hmm. are he's second, first generation Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern, oh, uh, as that. well. Okay. So uh, uh, there's an immigrant edge that goes with that. What is the you think the number one mindset as you work with investors and companies that keeps people broke? They subscribe to what everyone else around them who is poor tells them about how to get rich. So they take poor people's advice on how to make money. Mm. And so as a result of that, they keep doing the wrong stuff or they don't do anything at all. And a lot of them sit into this area of, uh, you know, the paralysis analysis. They're like, I need to find the perfect thing. And meanwhile, 10 years later, they're still trying to wait to find the perfect thing. um, And they haven't started anything. Yeah. Yeah. How do you become a writer? Right. Yeah. (laughs) How do you become an investor? Invest. Yeah. I used to, cause I, I talk a lot about sales stuff because I think it's a really good entry uh, thing for anybody who wants to, you know, take control of their own income and cost no money to get into. And all you have is skill is that, you know, you can read a hundred books on sales, but the first thousand cold calls you do, you'll learn more than all the books that, <laughs> that you read up to that point. Experience is a mighty teacher. Oh, a hundred percent. And, uh, it's interesting with the skill proficiency, but, uh, People will put off, you know, it takes 20, 20 hours of, of concentrated work to become proficient at most skills, like playing the guitar, playing the piano, learning to do a cold call, 20 hours of proficient of actual dedicated work. But people will wait a decade to do those first 20 hours because they're afraid. Fear's holding them back because yeah. they don't want to fail a lot of the times. Yeah. They don't want the judgment that they think is coming along from people who aren't actually paying attention to them to begin with. Mm. Uh, multimillionaire, uh, young age, uh, entrepreneur, Alex Hermosa, our guest this segment. You can catch him on YouTube. Uh, be sure and look that up. Uh, that's H-O-R-M-O-Z-I if you don't know. And you can check him out at his website at acquisition.com. So what do you feel like? I mean, you had a couple really big hits along the way. Um, the actual the liquidity event was a big hit, but the building up was gradual. And, um, I mean, it wasn't like you had like you hit the lottery in 20 minutes had this kind of net worth. But you, so you built a company, sold it. And that, that was a lot of it. Uh, what do you think all of that has taught you about building wealth out there in America today? A, is it possible? And B, what do you think the, the, your, the sense of hope or the sense of principles around it? What did, what did you, what's your takeaway? So A, 100% possible. B, I think um, I define sadness as ignorance, as in you don't know what options you have. And so like whenever you feel hopeless, it's because you don't know what to do. And so when I felt sad in my life, I think to myself, like, this is because I don't know what to do, which means that this is a problem I can solve because all I have to do is figure out what I need to do. And then that even gives me my first action step, which is like, oh, I just don't know. Great. And so um, for me, solving that has been a perpetual education process. And nowadays there's so much free information that exists on the internet. Like you can learn how to flip houses. You can learn how to, how to, how to sell. You can learn how to code. You can learn how to edit videos. Like there are all these skills that, that pay entry level roles, 50, 60, 70, hundred, $200,000 a year that you can learn in eight weeks. And so for the people who are, who are willing to just put in the eight weeks and then apply for the jobs, you can get way ahead. 
Well, there's a lot of young people out there, and you know, I get the messages. They're 17, they're 18, yeah. they call into the show, they're going, hey, I want to invest, I want to build wealth, <laughs> I don't want to wait till I'm 60, I don't want to work a job I hate yeah. and do the 401k thing. They want to make money really quickly, and yeah. a lot of the times they want to do it the wrong way. Yeah. What is the advice you constantly give those folks? Yeah, so... Um I say like, you can invest in the S&P 500. I was like, but I prefer people invest in the S&P 500, which is you're always going to get higher returns on investing in your own education, your own skill set compared to any stock market. And so like a really real example of this is a buddy of mine has a daughter. She's 17. I think she just turned 18. Um, and she's, she was working at a bowling alley, minimum wage job, you know, popcorn. Right. And she said, uh, or he, he told her, he's like, you know, you can triple your income if you just get a certification to become a phlebotomist. It takes two days. It's 500 bucks. And by taking $500, she could invest in the S&P 500. And at 18 years old, maybe there'd be a ton of compounding. But if she invests $500 in getting the certification and then two days later, she triples her income, probably a better investment in buying the certification than forever having a three times higher baseline mm -hmm. for what she can make. And I think that's just like a micro example of how much skills can give you more cash flow to invest in everything else. And so my, my belief is, always keep re reinvesting in skills because that raises your lifeline, your your lifetime baseline of earning potential. That's so good. And, and valuable, valuable education uh, is al always cost minuscule amounts. Not all education, but yeah. I said valuable, usable, utilitarian value. She can immediately go and do something with that. It's not like I collect degrees for no. a living. No, this is like, but, but studying something that is usable 100% of the time is the best investment you can make. My father came here with $1,000 and he didn't speak English, but he had a medical degree. And so he's always been big on education for me. And if you look at it as an actual investment, I mean, he fled during the revolution in Iran. He said, they took everything we had, but they couldn't take my education. And so it's something that can never be taken from, it, from you. You can't lose it in a divorce. You can't be taxed on it on your, edu your education itself, it appreciates with time. And then the more educated you become, the more valuable each prior skill adds on top. It oh, compounds. That's good. Like if you know how to do math, then you can then learn accounting. When you learn accounting, then you can learn investing or business or whatever. And like each one compounds unto itself. You got to follow this guy. Check him out on YouTube, Alex Hormoza, H-O-R-M-O-Z-I. For those of you that aren't familiar with how big a deal he already is. And uh, check him out at acquisition.com. Check him out at, at Hormoza on all his social media, and his podcast is called The Game with Alex Hormoza. Alex, it's an honor to meet you today, hang out, got a new friend, and uh, it's, it's been an honor to appear on your podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes here. It's, the honor's all mine. Anyway. Cool. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now, so go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee. C three seven zero two seven. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at triple eight eight two five five two two five. If you are a new listener or viewer, and we know there are a bunch of you based on all of our analytics and numbers, and a huge number of you have joined us in just the last few months. Thank you for that. 
you may be a little bit out of the loop on all these uh, all this lingo, the baby steps and debt snowballs and all those kinds of things we talk about around here all the time. We'll try to keep you up to date, but if you want to really dive into it and start to learn where you are and where you need to go next, uh, it's a free service. Just go to RamseySolutions.com, click on Get Started, and uh, we'll help you figure out your next best step from where you are right now. RamseySolutions.com. It's completely free. Click Get Started. Sandy is with us in Nashville. Hi, son. Sandy, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I've been agonizing over something for a few weeks, walking around my house saying, what would Dave say? What would Dave say? So today I decided to call and see what you would say about this. My husband wants to buy an Airbnb in Florida as an investment. We have no emergency fund. We have excellent credit. All we do have is the equity in our house, which we do have a mortgage on. Um, I'm terrified about this idea. It would require a home equity line of credit and possibly another investment mortgage loan on top of that. So what? You already know what Dave would say. Yes, I do, I believe. And do you want to know what Jade would say? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, I might not be able to say it on the air, but... <laughs> but Don't but it ends in the word off, it ends in the word no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. C- capital N-O. You're broke people. Yeah. Broke people don't need to buy investment properties. Broke people really don't need to buy high-risk investment properties. Broke people really don't need to buy high-risk investment properties in another state with all 100% borrowed money. Ooh, and leveraged on your own home. Right. This goes sideways. It's got nowhere to go but bad. Okay. So let me let me That's- tell you, he's been watching, he's been spending too much time on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here, here's what the internet, here's what the idiots on TikTok will tell you. Okay. That, um, that running an Airbnb is a hundred percent profit. You're going to make so much money. You're going to be just bathing in money. There's going to be cash everywhere. It fails to mention the renters that tear up your house. It fails to mention the times that it sits empty. It fails to mention the high management fees. It fails to mention all of the costs of your maid service. It fails to mention uh, the fact that uh, the local municipality decides that Airbnbs are no longer legal and they pass a law prohibiting Airbnb in your neighborhood, which is happening in some areas, and mm-hmm. HOAs are preventing them left and right because they don't want a hotel in their neighborhood, which is essentially what a Airbnb is. And uh, the things, if everything works perfect the way the Tic Tac guys say, you're going to be so rich it's unbelievable. But guess what? You and I live in the real world. It doesn't work that way. Running an Airbnb mm-hmm. is a complete pain in the bahunkus. Okay, that's exactly what every cell in me is screaming. Yeah. Are you so, going to be able to convince him of that? She's not going to sign the deed. I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying. Don't, so, just no, I refuse to is, sign the HELOC. The house has, has yeah. your name on it in Tennessee as well. He can't get a HELOC yeah. without your signature. Right. No. Okay. Well, no. I, I, uh, thank you all so much. Yeah, we'll discuss the everything. marriage aspects of this, but no. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Don't do it. Cause well, you know, here's the thing who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her and he will have no lack of gain. Sandy, you have what's called common sense. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You can perceive risk a mile away. Your husband has spent so much time on Tic Tac that he has no idea what real risk is and how much work and hassle and problems this is. You can make money running an Airbnb, but you know you can also make money running a hotel, but it's called a full-time job. Somebody has to manage the hotel. Somebody has to manage the maintenance people. Somebody has to manage the maid service. Somebody has to ma- – this is not – just found money that you walk out on the sidewalk and pick up a bale of money because you signed up for airbnb because some moron on tic tac said it was a great idea it's passive it's passive income income. there's no passive about it (laughs) you talk about active this is about as active a piece of real estate as you can get again there is situations where you can make bank on this if you're willing to go through the hassle and the hard work and put up with it but it's not as much as people say it is Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not as much as your gross rent projection is by freaking Airbnb. Because all they'll tell you is if you keep it full all the time, here's what we can get for it. Well, nobody keeps it full all the time. Number one. Number two, nobody puts everybody in there and 100% of them pay. Never happens. Nobody puts everybody in there and they don't tear it up past the, beyond the level of their deposit. Okay. Never happens. So, gum, man. I, I got a... a, a, a three degrees of separation uh-huh. guy that has a, a, an expensive property that he put and uh, a bunch of uh, characters <laughs> went in there and one of them killed the other one in his house. <gasps> oh, a murder my gosh. in his house. Oh, so was not go. expecting that. Yeah, okay. there you go. That, that's my that's my love of Airbnb. It just went wow. away right then. But I, that doesn't happen very often. But I mean, these characters, and this was not a cheap, this was not a house in the yeah. in the wrong end of town or whatever it is. You know, golly. Sheesh. No, this is this was people partying and yeah. They partied too hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah, out of control. So yeah, it's uh, you know, does that is that is that gonna happen? No, that's not gonna happen. Right. All right. But the point is you're running a high turnover, night to night, week mm-hmm. to week, rental. If this is not, you put a, a tenant in there and they stay in there a year, and you have a, a, an actual relationship with the yeah. tenant. So okay, so here I am playing devil's advocate as I sometimes do. There are listeners who want to get into that space, and they they don't. We don't want them to listen to Tic Tac, as you call it. Yeah. What do you say Pay cash to the person? It. Pay cash for it after your home's paid for, baby step seven, mm-hmm. and understand that you are embracing two things that no one talks about when you do Airbnb. Mm-hmm. High hassle factor, mm-hmm. high risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have to apply those to the numbers. It's the same thing when some somebody goes to one of these nothing down real estate crap and they go, I can rent the house for $1,000 and my payment's only $500. I'm going to cash flow $500. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you how that works in the end, okay? If that's the case, you're going to break even. Uh-huh. With vacancy, with non-payment, with suing to evict them, with fixing the repairs beyond the deposits, with fixing the repairs that just happened to a house, the heat and air goes out, the mm-hmm. roof leaks, paying the insurance, paying the taxes, messing with it you you got a 500 hundred dollar cash flow no you don't Mm. you're breaking even this is what people don't grasp i have a 500 hundred dollar cash flow what that means is you don't know what the flip you're doing Mm. you have no knowledge of how real estate really works Mm. my homes and properties of all kinds are 100 percent paid for and i swear 
I wonder if some of them are going to cash flow then. Wow. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. And you do no, you do no Airbnb and no, and, and no, wouldn't even no, get into it. No, no, no. Winston Cruz runs all that stuff. Rachel's husband, he would shoot me if I proposed Airbnb. It would make his life miserable. And and but why is that? Miserable. The hassle it's just factor. Too much. Yeah, that's versus the risk. It's not worth the risk. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. There you go. That's, that's what I want people to get. Like just it, pay cash for a normal rental, right? Yeah, that's what I would Why do. even fool with But if you the... want to do it, you probably could make more money. Mm-hmm. Net, net. You would make more money. If, if you, you can would. get it rolling. If you have a reasonable property, you'll make more money doing an Airbnb than you would on than you would renting it out. Mm-hmm. But, but not just some guy off the streets who net, thinks they're net. just going to. Yeah, net, net, you would do that. But even if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know if you're how to be a landlord, mm-hmm. net, net, you'd make more money. But you, what you need to perceive is the extra hassle level. It is real. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with a lot of human beings <laughs> this is the ramsey show if current times have shown us anything it's that the least expected events can and will happen and we have to deal with it that's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance for over 25 years the only insurance company i've recommended is xander insurance not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates but over the years they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed you can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Travis is with us in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hi, Travis. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Mr. Ramsey, Dr. John Deloney. It's a pleasure to speak to you both today. You too. What's up? Um, so I am. my question is how to get out of debt with my current salary as a truck driver projected to make 80000 this year. Okay. How much is your debt? Um Total debt is $67,000, is student loan debt, and then I have $11,000 balance on a car, and the rest is credit cards. Okay. You single? I've been trying to make a... um, I'm dating, currently living with um, my partner, and so that's kind of tricky because when I moved in with her, I was over the road, and now I'm a local driver. Um, so I, I pay her to help her with the mortgage. Um, but we're not married yet. Planning on engagement soon. So. Okay. So you are paying part of your roommate's payment as rent. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. And your rent is how much? Uh, 500 a month. Okay. All right. So you make $80,000 a year and you have a $500 a month rental. Okay. Yep. So what's wrong with getting on a tight, 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 tight budget and beginning to pay these debts down? You got, you should should have all Um, kinds of margin in this budget. Yeah. And I've, 
been trying to see that for myself, like I have in my notes, all my bills and credit cards, um, how much each monthly payment, the sum of them is for the minimum balance. Um, I've been following, uh, listening to you guys over the last couple months for the baby steps. Yeah. Um, but I just can't seem to get ahead of. You don't. You haven't done a budget. So, what is your take home pay? Um, about twelve hundred a week. Okay, you get paid once a week. Correct. Okay, you sit down and you look at June. How many times are you going to get a paycheck? Let's pretend it's four. Okay, that would give you four thousand eight hundred dollars to work with. Minus five hundred for rent. Minus food. Correct. Minus some car gas, minus the minimum payments on all of these bills, and everything else goes towards the stupid credit card until it's gone, and you cut up the credit card. I've cut two of them up since I've started listening to you. I've paid. I th- feel uh, like you drove right past all the room that should be in this budget. Forty-eight hundred dollars minus five hundred minus food—that's a buttload of money left over. Yeah. It's about thirty six hundred dollars or thirty seven hundred dollars. Yeah, how much is the balance on the credit card? Um, I have three of them left. Um, one's twenty one fifty six hundred and seven hundred. Okay, so, you should pay the six hundred and seven hundred off this month, and probably the twenty one fifty. Yep. So you're you're done with credit cards in two months. One Ta-da. month. One month. Oh, one month. Let's do it. Okay. But you're not going out to eat, yep. and you're not going on vacation, and you're not going drinking with your buddies. You got no life. No. You're getting ready to clean up your dadgum mess because you want to get married. Yes. And it's time to clean up your mess. So what I'm teaching you is what's called a zero-based budget. Your income each month, unique to that month, minus every dollar gets an, an assignment. Every dollar has a mission. Every dollar has a name beside it before the month begins. Before June gets here next week, you need to have figured out what your income for June is and assign every one of those dollars first to necessities, food, shelter, clothing, transportation, and utilities. So rent, car payment, car gas, food. Okay, that's it. And then everything else, dude, we're going at this at these credit cards like, like they're the freaking enemy because they are. Yeah. If I you had 4,800 minus 500 and you had $2,600 makes you debt free, or I'm sorry, uh, 3,200 makes you debt free, you're debt free of your credit cards in one month. You really should be. Right. That's how you do it. Absolutely. That's how you do it right there. And jump online and pick up the, or, or hang on, we'll give you uh, the Every Dollar app. And uh, we'll get you tied into the uh, um, advanced version of the Every Dollar app, which connects to your bank and helps you run your budget. It's the world's best budgeting app, and it'll help you. But it's giving every dollar a name. That's the point. When you get very detailed, very nuanced, and very careful with your planning each and every single month, and you squeeze every one of these dollars until Benjamin Franklin is squealing, then you are ready to go. And that's what we're doing. We're not we're not spending money on anything because we're trying to clean this mess up. So realistically, you've got fifty uh, to fifty five thousand dollars in debt. You make eighty thousand, but you got almost no expenses. You probably could be a hundred percent debt free in a year. Pretty close. A year. And for everybody listening, I want don't don't blow by this because it's easy to look at him and be like, man, that guy. 
you can't out earn your your unintentionality, your lack of intentionality. He's making eighty something thousand dollars a year, and he can't figure out where it's going. We're, we're, how to pay off a two thousand dollar credit card? Can't figure it out. And and I don't, it's not because he's dumb. It's no. because it's just chaos. There's too many spin in place everywhere. Yep. And that's and what a budget does. It's all it? it's all spun up in your brain and then the ether and everything else. And so giving every dollar an assignment, every time you do this, people, if, those of you that haven't done it, you need to sit down and do it tonight. June's coming next week. Can you sit down and do your dadgum budget, maybe for the first time in your life, put your t- income for the month at the top of the page, and then give every dollar an assignment. I will promise you two things will happen. Number one thing will happen is that you will feel like you got a raise because you will go, where is all this freaking money going? It's going to blow your mind how much you waste. And the second thing that's going to happen is you're going to get a sense of peace instead of a sense of anxiety. Even though you've actually done nothing with money yet, now you've actually executed a plan that says, if I take these 17 steps, I'm going to be free. And as soon as you see the steps in front of you and you realize they're doable, your anxiety goes down, your uh, stress level goes down, your peace level goes up, and you kind of just slick your hair back and go, okay, let's get about the business of doing this. Let's go. Game on. And people lean into it, and it changes everything. Timothy is in Chicago. Hi, Timothy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. Honored to have you. What's up? We, my wife and I are wondering if we should use a portion of our emergency fund to pay our mortgage off. How much is in your emergency fund? Currently, we are at forty six five. Okay. And we owe thirty, all intents and purposes, thirty four. Okay, and you don't have any other money to put into this equation, so you would drain your forty six five by thirty four. Yes, sir. What's your household income? Uh, base salaries. We're looking at one hundred. No, no, I didn't ask. I ask what your household income is. Oh, oh, my goodness. Between mine, mine and my wife's, we're looking at one hundred. Like I said, one hundred thirty-six. Oh, okay, okay, that's why I was that's, asking. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. All right, and uh, so here's the thing: paying off a house is a really good thing, and we really tell everybody to do it. It's not an emergency. So if you go below three to six months, if you go below three months of expenses in order to do this, you cut too deep and it kind of feels like you are. Okay. What do you think? What's, what's three to what's three Uh, months of expenses? Three months of expenses. We're believe we're looking at 18, 19,000. All right. Let's call it 20, which means you have 26, five to throw at your 34. Okay. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Okay. And then in the next, by Christmas, you just cash flow the rest of it and knock it out. Okay. Uh, now, my wife will be getting bonuses throughout the next several months, which will be paying down the mortgage further. Yeah. Given that happening, yeah, we're looking at August. Okay. Done. Now, yeah. the question, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Then do it. Yeah. Done. Absolutely. Go that route. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's the whole idea. So by Christmas, we're rebuilding emergency fund maybe from three months up to six months which you don't need more than 40 what's well, by august i mean that's if he pays this thing off in august with some bonuses well then they got to rebuild it right up from yeah. 20 up to 40 oh by christmas but gotcha. no more than 40 in your emergency fund you don't need 46 in your emergency fund if 20 represents three months 40 represents six months six months is enough then move on to your other steps this is the ramsey show live 
Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, and number one best-selling author, is my co-host today as we take your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Chelsea starts this hour off in Mobile, Alabama. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Hey, Dave. Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, thank you so much for taking this call. It really means a lot to me. I actually sent this question in after watching y'all's smart conference in Nashville a few weeks ago, and it just meant a lot that y'all reached out to have me ask this question live. So um, I guess I'll get right into it. I've been um, working the baby steps since 2019. I've paid off $32,000 worth of credit card debt in my car. Good for hope you. To never have a car note. Yeah, thank you. Hope to never have a car note ever again. Um, I still owe $72,000 in student loan debt. Um, I currently rent in Alabama, um, and my husband, I'm married. My husband lives in Maryland, and we own a house in Maryland. He works for the railroad, and he hasn't been able to find opportunities equivalent to what he has right now in Maryland. Long story short, I lived in Maryland for five years. That's where I met him. I'm a person in recovery from substance use. I uh, moved away to get well and then moved back closer down south to where my son from my first marriage is. So that's why we're living separate right now, because my son is down south. So um, my question is, I'm looking to get closer to my son in Mississippi. He lives about an hour and a half away from me. And like I said, I currently rent. The town that he lives in is very rural, and there's not a lot of opportunities to rent. There's nothing available based on the four calls that I've made. It's, like I said, a small community. So my husband and I are considering looking to purchase a second home for me in Mississippi near where my son is. And this would require us to go outside of the baby steps. And we're just trying to weigh all of our options here. And I feel like I'm in a race against time to spend more time with my son while he's, you know, at this stage of life, he's 12. Um, and right now I only get him every other weekend in the summers. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at, just trying to weigh all of our options. It sounds to me like you are trying to do everything all at once. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a struggle. I mean, I, I feel comfortable renting. You know, I'd be fine to rent if I were closer to my son. No, I'm not talking. Um, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about you're trying yeah. to do a long distance marriage. You're you're really right now trying to do long distance parenting. Yeah, and you're trying to clean up your finances, and you're trying to stay sober. You're trying to do a lot of stuff all at the same time. And I'm afraid yeah. all of this is going to implode on itself. You're asking a lot of you. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot. I mean, it's too much. Um, I feel, yeah, I feel like, you know, if, if I could get in a second house my, and, and to say to my husband and I don't combine finances, at least not now, we're not against it. We just, us living separate. It's just made sense for us not to put our finances together. And that may be wrong. You know, maybe we hey, can look me, at Let combining. me stop a second because yeah, I, yeah. I, I appreciate that you need to be near your 12 year old. Yeah. But you need yeah. to be near your husband more. Yeah. It's more important. Yeah. And there's nothing in this conversation has ever ended this fact that you're in two different cities. I never one time have I heard you all bring this to a close. Everything it's almost yeah. like it was going on forever, the way you talk about it. You guys yeah. don't have a plan to land this plane. And that's bothering yeah. me more than anything you're asking about. I've been married 41 years, and somebody asked me the other night how we've been married 41 years. It's because I told Sharon if she leaves, I'm going with her. I couldn't yeah. stand to do what you're doing. No. I, I would be a complete wet 
dish rag wimp. I couldn't do yeah. it. I well, could I couldn't I couldn't well, make me, it. She well, says she says you. if I she work. dies, I'm gonna get married, remarried in about thirty minutes just because I can't make it. You know, that's what yeah. she says, you know, and she's right. You know, so I don't understand I don't I can't get my head around what y'all are doing. Well, I, I work from home, so I'm able to see him. Like we make plans to see each other every six weeks where I stay with him for two that's, weeks and that's then I'm not back marriage. Home. That's yeah. a that's a fun weekend dating opportunity. Yeah. This is not a good yeah, plan, honey. And if you buy another house, you're cementing yourselves yes. further apart. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, what would be the solution? Like if I lived with, you know, having my experience in substance use and mental health, like what would, would it hurt my son from him not to have his mom full time? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a temporary he, thing that I'm wanting to spend this time with my son until he's grown, you know? Well, it's only six years. Like for the next five years. Yeah. Five to yeah. six years. By yeah. then your marriage is dust. Yeah. And it's it's not so much of a marriage right now. I, it, it, let me put it this way. Um, I know yeah. firsthand people close to me that I love and care about who are married to the railroad. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If my wife said, I have to leave this town in order to stay sober and be mentally and physically well, I don't care what my job is, I quit. I'm yeah. going to go with her. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. right now, as far as I'm concerned, he is choosing. Mm-hmm. He's married to his job more than he's married to his wife. And you're married to a 12-year-old more than your husband. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. so what you're... Hu- you. No, I would not buy a house. No. You guys got to solve for this. Yeah. He needs to come yeah. down there and y'all buy a house and sell the house in Maryland. And until that's done, you don't buy. That's what needs yeah. to happen. Um, or yeah. you need to go back to Maryland and you need to spend the money you would have spent on the house on airline tickets to come see your boy or more often he needs his mama well more than he needs a stretched thin barely hanging on barely sober mom coming to see him yeah yeah it's hard for me to imagine going back to using i mean august will be 10 years that i've been clean and sober way to go i'm proud of you it's awesome thank you thank you thank you yeah it's hard for me to imagine like going back there yeah but the thing is you don't want to there's no point in creating all these stress points. That's what John's saying about you being thin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's just yeah and you're right. Yeah. Somebody needs to give up something here to get a mm-hmm. more sane life situation. And only then do you make the decision to buy, but no cementing this separated marriage by you buying a house, uh, for six years. No, no. Yeah. I, I would make a very clear, Within 90 days, within 180 days, Here's we, what we're gonna we are living together. Some way or another. Right. And what's that look like? How's and that happen? you may have to deal with an ugly reality. An ugly reality where he says, I'm not leaving. And then y'all are going to have some hard choices to make and some hard decisions to make. But just pretending that those hard decisions don't have to be made is just making you both crazier and crazier and crazier. Yeah. I'm sorry, honey. I'm yeah, sorry, I hate sorry it you're you. going through all this. Yeah. And I love, I love how you want to be there with your son. I, and I think that that is, it, it is important. Um, and, and there's other ways to accomplish it rather than buying a house and, uh, in a town cause you hadn't been able to find a rental, but I don't even want you buying a rent. I don't even want you finding a rental. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to solve for how we're going to be together and how we're going to serve the 12 year old. And I, I think it's important, Dave, people call my show all the time asking about, you know, what do I do? How do I deal with an anxious kid? Or how do I deal with a kid that's struggling with depression? The number one answer I'm always going to tell parents is you go get well. 
because your kids are absorbing that stuff. You yeah. go take care of you, make sure you're whole, and then circle back and start trying to solve your kid. It almost always, not always, but almost always begins to lift that child up when mom and dad are whole. Not a 12-year-old on the planet that doesn't look at this marriage situation and go, huh? Right. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Chris is with us in Atlanta. Hi, Chris. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. So just a little bit of background. I'm 42. Uh, I am a tree, uh, and um, I have been, haven't been debt-free all my life, probably the last 15 years. But um, I feel guilty every time I spend money. We have 401k savings. We um, invest money. I still work. My wife still works. But it pains me to spend anything over $100 sometimes. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell me, do you still feel that even after 30 years of being debt-free or whatnot? Because I feel it. Our house is paid off. We have no payments, and I still get that clinching in my stomach every time we have to go do anything. I can't relax and have fun. So I was wondering if you could tell me maybe how you feel or if you felt the same way after you got out of debt and built, built a bunch of wealth. It's not, it's not guilt, it's fear. That makes sense. And what that is, is your, as jo Dr. John Deloney would say, your body is remembering being broke. And it's telling you that, that your spending is a threat. It's a threat. It's a threat. It's a threat. And so your fear activates. That's what happened to me anyway. Even 10 years after you got debt free. Not 10 years, but for a while it did. And I, I, what I did is just what you've done. I just recognized it was happening and I kind of like you're doing, I started asking the question, what the flip's going on? I mean, what's wrong right. with you? You got a million dollars. What are you yeah. pissing and moaning about going to the grocery store for, you know? Oh, it drives my wife crazy. Drives yeah. Me I mean, that's what, that's what I, that was bad. me talking to me, not you. Okay. But I'm just right. saying I had to kind of go, okay. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll just bring, I'll channel my inner Deloney. God help us. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, but the <laughs> you're doing good. Uh, but but the you know the the, the thing it, it um I had to do two things. One is I had to say, all right, facts are my friends. Okay, so what is your net worth, Chris? I would say probably two point two. And you're forty two years old, and you're a hundred percent debt free, and your household income is what? Uh, around. To 75. Okay. So let's just be realistic for a second. If we took $200,000 in $100 bills out of your net worth and put it in the fireplace and burned it, he's now got cold sweats, Jade. Um, I know he does. If we did that, yeah, if we did bad. that, your life is not going to change 1%. Really? Possibly. That's a fact. No, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, Other than the true. nervous breakdown that you would have. But I'm just saying, but the, but you, you know what I'm saying? Mathematically, 
are you as okay with two million as you are with two point two? You are. Yes. We know that to yes. be true. That is a fact. Right. It's a fact. Right. So when you go and 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 go on a nice vacation and drop ten grand for your poor wife who has put up with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I just did that and I had a nervous break. I know, I, I know. But the reason is you're you're acting like your your fear mechanism is activating as if you're broke, and the facts tell us that that is a false signal. And can I take it one further, Chris? Because I kind of yeah. relate to some of what you're saying. Um, on Sam and I's journey through this debt-free journey and, and then some, I've had to go, there's been certain moments that I've had to go back and find where that emotion is coming from. Mm-hmm. And I've had to think back on what what was the instance where that was ignited? Like, okay, it was when I asked for lunch money and and, and someone blew up on me, right? Or it was because I did this and that was the first time that that triggered There was that. a phrase you heard. Yes. I love we, it. we ain't got no money. That was the phrase I heard growing up, Chris. And there's been so many times in my life I've, ha- I've had to go back and find where that came from and speak to it directly and go, hey, if, if, I, if I buy this pair of tennis shoes right now, it's not going to break the budget. No one's going to yell at me. No one's going to, you know, and I've had to go back and say that if I buy what I would like to have for lunch at the grocery store, there's no guilt there. I'm not going to throw the budget off. The family's not going to pay for it. I've had to say that. And I think sometimes my guess is that there's some things that have happened that have caused some trigger in you and you got to go back and identify that and on, honestly speak directly to it and say, hey, I'm not there anymore. And I'll tell I you, this, I'll tell you this, the, another, another place we've dealt with this, Chris, was um, once I kind of started getting past it, the fear, the sheer, it's not fear, it's sheer terror mm-hmm. that my wife Sharon felt when we went bankrupt and lost everything and we had a brand new baby and a toddler and the lights got cut off. If I even have a similar body language or tone 30 years later towards spending like the emergency fund and it makes it activates that it triggers that inside of her mm-hmm. we have to we have to just time out and back up because she has to start right. breathing again it because she i can i can <laughs> she's she feels like i'm doing what i did when i went broke for just a nanosecond and it activates and all of these lights light up in her in, in her uh, her physical body changes the, i mean her, her her she gets pissed off from being really terrified yeah. again and it just doesn't That's how i am yeah yeah and it, it, it activates it, all fear and anger are best friends they run around mm-hmm. together and so um terrible feeling yeah it is it is know. but here's the point okay number one facts are your friends all you gotta do is when you start doing that you just have to stop and go now wait a minute that's not real this is this is fear that's called false evidence appearing real this is a this is a falsehood us spending this money is not irresponsible and it's not going to break our family and you just have to talk to yourself and build the muscle then of doing that the other thing you can do is you have a very specific process put in place and go okay like for instance sharon and i we do not spend or give more than a thousand dollars without talking to each other and if it's more than a thousand dollars we wait overnight also we breathe now, okay. do we have okay. to do that mathematically today? Absolutely not. We got all kinds of margin. But we do it as an act of respect to each other to keep from activating those scars, those wounds from having gone broke. 
And, uh, you know, it was the first five years after going broke for me. And even today, I'm telling you that we still, if we're, if we don't abide by some certain processes that are safety valves, then we can still step back over that line. And they're emotional processes. They're Mm -hmm. not mathematical processes. Because again, we could give away, I mean, we could take X number of dollars and put it in the middle of the floor and burn it. And it wouldn't affect our lives. We've got the money. It's not, mm-hmm. that's not the issue. So mathematically, it's not the problem, but, but the action, the body language, the tone, the process used seems impulsive, mm-hmm. irresponsible, out of control, immature, and it, it feels like the old days. That's right. And boy, it'll light your butt up. It will. I mean, it's just another component to when we say money is, I mean, it's behavioral and it's behavioral in the moment, but it's also taking into account the behaviors you did beforehand and you feel that and you're still connected to those. And so when you get in a moment where you're like, why am I freaking out right now? You know, when I know for Sam, if the bank account used to hit a certain number, he'd start being like, okay, 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 we got to go do something. And, And that's the way it is. We can't act like these things didn't have an effect on us mentally and that that behavior didn't affect us because it does. Now, I am much more healed. Yes. 30 years ago than I was 30 months Mm -hmm, after mm -hmm. the bankruptcy. Yes. You know, 30 years later versus 30 months later. Mm -hmm. And so you should go through a healing process, but it's also just wise to acknowledge what's really going on here. And then number one, we're going to say, oh, that's not real. Number two, you look at the actual ratios and go, okay, we're we're not being irresponsible. So why am I feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. and and then you learn to practice your way through normal feelings Mm -hmm. versus wounded feelings. Mm -hmm. This is the Ramsey show. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Carrie is with us in Montgomery, Alabama. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Um, So I recently got a divorce. Well, I left him last summer. It was like a domestic violence situation that I had to get out, and I was in nursing school full-time, and so... I got out and I got Good. back on my feet like a lot quicker than I thought I would. Um, Good for you. So a, lot, I, a lot quicker than he job. told you you would. Oh yeah, he said I'd be nothing, you know, yeah, all that you, fun stuff. And you're gonna, you're gonna be, a, you're gonna be the rock star that we all know you to be. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, and um, but anyways, he kind of controlled the finances. So I did um, have, I had a credit card left, but I hadn't been using it. I kind of used it to get a lawyer and to kind of get back on my feet. And so I have about six thousand dollars left. I had like 16, but I've been paying it off. Um, and then I got a job. I work in like medical sales now and I, my base pays like 60 and with commission, I make on top of that, um, about five to seven every month. It kind of varies. My worst month was like 3000, but it was when I was getting started. Um, but I did buy a house in November, unfortunately, when interest rates were 7.25, it's an FHA loan. I have 26,000 auto loan, but it's 3% interest rate. I got a really good interest rate on that. And then I have about 18,000 in student loans. So I'm just wondering like what I should pay off first. And then we just closed on our house. We flipped houses together and I, we had to split the last profit. So I have 25,000 from that, that I just put in the money market. I got it. I got it like a week ago. That'll jumpstart your plan. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. It's making, it's like a 4.5 APY, so it's a really good money market to so far there. No. Um, so I'm trying to decide, like, should I keep it there? Should, what should I pay off first? 
I really want to get a better home interest rate, but I'm just not sure when I'll be able to do that, you know? Yeah. Well, Carrie, you're you're doing an incredible job. I mean, you absolutely have um, taken hold of your life. I mean, you're doing incredible work-wise. You're making great money and yeah you're you're just in an incredible spot which i'm really i'm really happy for you and i mean that's a courageous um a, the whole event is a courageous thing that you just stepped out of and you said i'm i'm taking life back in my own hands so i'm just mm-hmm. really i'm impressed by you in that way um do you have any other money saved besides this twenty five thousand dollars that's in a money market account um not really like i have my banking account set up for um like Twenty percent. I just stuck it up to forty percent of like when I get paid, it just automatically goes to my savings, my money market. Um, so I was saving like twenty percent each paycheck. So I have about two thousand in savings on top of that. So maybe twenty seven thousand. Okay. Total. That's great. Okay. Yeah. So what I would do is I would take this twenty five thousand dollars, and we teach you to pay off the smallest debt first. So with that mm-hmm. twenty five thousand plus, you have two thousand dollars in your sa- your other savings, which I would take that down. I would drain it down to a thousand. Uh, so you really have twenty six thousand dollars that can be thrown at this debt, which means you can pay off this credit card, and then you'll be paying off. Gosh, this this auto loan. So you only have six thousand dollars left on your car. No. By mm-hmm. the end of today. No. You got twenty six thousand and eighteen and twenty six on the car, right? She has six thousand dollars in credit card debt. No. Yes, four thousand of that is like a twenty-four month interest-free credit card. You got an eighteen thousand dollars student loan. Yes, unfortunately. That's right. So you got eighteen thousand dollars student loan, and then you got how much on your credit cards? Um, six thousand, but four thousand of that is like interest-free. I don't care. We're not going to play (laughs) interest-free games, and interest rates don't matter. You are in debt. We need to clean up the debt. Okay. When you get the debt cleaned up, you're going to have no payments anywhere in your life, and you're making money. You're going to put this whole horrible mess in your rearview mirror, and it's just going to be smoke back there. It's going to be awesome. I love it. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I would write a check today and pay off your credit cards, and I would close every one of those credit card accounts and use only a debit Mm -hmm. card for your transactions. Then I would pay off the student loan today. Okay. Okay. And then you've only got the car left at twenty six thousand, right? Yes. Okay. And we, we people people keep talking about the student loan forgiveness. Do you think that's ever going to happen, or no? Okay. And you know what? Even <laughs> if it, even if it does, you borrowed the money you owe it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you make good money now. You're going to be making a hundred thousand dollars this year, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. So pay off your twenty six thousand dollars student loan. Okay. Who cares? Yeah, and the house I bought is a fixer upper, so should I just wait on fixing up the house? Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's get the debts cleaned up. Because when you don't have any payments but the house payment and you're making $100,000 a year, do you feel that freedom already when I just said that? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. You got no payments but a house payment? You can fix that house up pretty quick. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no more debt. No -hmm. more debt. You don't need any banks mm-hmm. telling you what to do. You got rid of a jerk that used to tell you what to do. We don't need anybody else telling you what to do. You are amazing. Go get it done, girl. Yeah. And when should I refinance my house since I just bought it? When you're able to get a lower interest okay. rate. All right. As soon as you call Churchill Mortgage and find out what you've got to do. Is your credit damaged mm-hmm. by this mess? Is that the problem? 
Um, I paid off a lot of it, so it shot back up. Um, it was like a six fifty, but now it's back up above a seven hundred. So when did you do I'm that? But before, before, or after you got the seven and a quarter. Um, I did that a couple weeks ago when I first I got like thirty two thousand, and I paid most of it off with that. Does that make oh, okay. sense? And then I was making chunks. Of, I was doing like a thousand dollars payments okay. on the credit card. Yeah, go, go ahead and get like rid of this debt. Mm-hmm. All this debt, okay. and when you get rid of all this debt, you're going to see that card, that, that score jump up again. And right when it does that, if you can get down around a 6%, that'll give you a, a one and a quarter savings. That'll make it worth refinancing and call Churchill Mortgage and get that. If you can get it down to 6% or lower, it's going to be worth refinancing. Mm-hmm. And should I do a 15 year or 30 year? Always a 15 year. And uh, hey, listen, you're asking a bazillion different questions about all of the different things because now you're in control of your life again. And I want, we want to help you with this recovery, this bounce back that you're doing and give you the confidence on the money piece to do everything. I want you to go through financial peace university because we want to be a a little part of your amazing story. And so you hang on, we're going to have Austin pick up. We're going to pay for you to go through this class. It's online. You can do it. And you're, it's, you know, when you get all these answers, these questions are all swimming around your head and you're going to go through this class and go, oh, now I know exactly yeah. what to do. Your confidence is even going to soar more and you're probably going to make more than a hundred. Then you probably make a hundred and a quarter. And with that care, you're going to get every dollar plus as well. And so honestly too, the, the amount of control you're going to feel of just budgeting when that paycheck hits, knowing exactly where it's going. And once this debt's paid off, because even at the end of today, I'm like, you could have just your car loan left at 24,000 and not get out. So you can actually start to see your goals and where your money's going and being really intentional with it. And there's something empowering too about that. And again, especially from what you've walked through the last year and a half, to be able to have full control over that income where your money doesn't even have you, like you truly have it. You are the one controlling it. There is something in that too. And just that simple budgeting app, I'm telling you, that's going to give you so much freedom and so much confidence. So we're excited for you, Carrie. By the way, for those of you out there that think you have a friend or a relative that is uh, a victim of uh, domestic violence, uh, married to a jerk who thinks his wife's a punching bag, um, let me tell you a real symptom. The data shows this, and we know this from 30 years of working in these situations. If the guy is 1,000% in control of the money and will not let his wife make a single decision of any kind with the money, there's a high correlation between that behavior and domestic violence. Because if he can control the money, he thinks he can control her. And this this whole domestic violence thing is about control. And so if you see a guy who's doing that to his wife, he's probably beating her. That's what I'm saying. Not 100%, but there's a high correlation to that. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, it's Dave Ramsey. And Rachel Cruz. And we want to tell you our number one tip for managing your money well i'm talking about budgeting yes and everyone knows that i am a huge fan of budgeting (laughs) well that hasn't always been the case though has it rachel no but listen i seriously love it now because as soon as i started making a budget i learned that it puts you in control of your spending and my favorite way to budget is on our app every dollar yep every dollar makes budgeting simple It's the easiest way to make a plan for your spending so you can prioritize the things that matter to you. And you can get started today for free. 
Just download the app and check the show notes for the link. And you guys, don't wait to start budgeting. Download every dollar and create your free account today. Do it. It's the best. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thanks for joining us. If you want to understand a little bit more about what's going on with all things Ramsey, uh, we've got a little free process to help you. Just go to RamseySolutions.com. Click the Get Started button. It'll help you ascertain where you are and what the next steps are to get where you want to be. Yeah, that's how that works. So get started at RamseySolutions.com. Of course, completely free. George Camel, Ramsey personality, my co-host today. And Matt is in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Matt, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, I recently discovered your show and really can't get enough, so thank you. Thank you. I'm 52. Yeah, I'm 52. My wife is 47, and our household take-home is roughly 8000 a month. We have a $34,000 in an IRA. Instead of traditional investing, we've gone the real estate route and currently have mortgages on three homes. One is a primary residence and two are rentals. Um, and just need some advice. I, I, up until I discovered you guys, um, this was our pretty solid plan. But uh, <laughs> um, is it too late to, to go the traditional investing route? Or No. And it's not necessary mm-hmm. that you only do the traditional investing route. Um, I've got a bunch of real estate. As a matter of fact, I have more real estate than I have mutual funds because I love real estate like you do. Um, and so, you know, as long as we're building wealth somewhere, we're certainly not going to be out of there. What I, what I would want to do is I would want to lean in and have a plan to knock those mortgages out sooner rather than later without panicking about it. So what are the balances on these puppies? Let's see. Primary residence, 315, uh, rental number one is 200,000. And then rental number two is 225. Okay. All right. We do, we, you know, we, we can pay them off in 15 years. Um, yeah, you probably pay them off a lot faster than that. Probably yeah. pay them off in about eight if you lean into it a little bit. And um, so I, I would start, I mean, you, you throw your rents back at it, number one. You, you ought to be getting substantial rents on these things. What are, what are the, What's the $200,000 mortgaged rental worth? Worth about three hundred right now. Okay. You're not making much on that one. What's the uh, 225 rental worth? That's worth about three fifty. We yeah. added a bathroom and and yeah. did some stuff on that. Yeah, you're you're not you're not cash flowing a ton on either one of these. You're ma- you're making money, but you're not like bailing it or anything. No, no, th- these were recent a- acquisitions, and uh, you know our our plan is to you know have them paid off in fifteen years. Yeah. And you can work that, but I, I would work towards paying them off faster. I certainly wouldn't add any more to this because you, you don't have enough equity in these things for them to be making a ton of money. They're, you know, the, 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 this will work out for you, but it's, it's, it's not going to for a while. It's going to be, you're, you're going to be, you know, spinning your wheels for a little while because you just don't have any margin in these things. There's not enough equity for you to have big cash flow. And if you don't have big cash flow, you're not making big money translation every dollar you've put into this is not getting an roi yet except an increased value but you're not getting cash on cash rois not to amount to anything do you guys have any other debt 
Uh, we do have a car loan at 15000 but other than that, no credit card debt. What's your cash we position, a, you said? We we have we have about 12000 in the bank right now. Okay. Well, first thing is you got to get your emergency fund up because you're sitting on a lot of debt and a lot of potential problems with no cash. You get right. two or three heat and airs go out, or two heat and airs go out and a water heater blow between these three properties and a short period of span you got a problem you're going to be looking at debt yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you love both rentals or is there one of them that gives you a headache that you wouldn't mind you selling just, you just got them i mean we, we've had them for a couple of years or a year and a half um okay. we do we love them yeah one of them we really love we're going to move into at some point but uh the other one is just a rental yeah well, point being, if you're gonna, if you want to hold these, if you want to clear them, that's fine. Get rid of them. It's not. You're not gonna lose much. Uh, uh, if you want to play through on your plan, what you do need to do is continue to follow the baby steps. Get your emergency fund up. Uh, you need a pretty substantial cash position to be holding this kind of property, probably seventy-five grand, and you're sitting on twelve. And uh, because you've just got a lot of exposure, that's gonna have cash needs. And the problem is these things all come in threes. Believe me, I've been managing property for 40 years. And so it's just, it, it's, it's always the perfect freaking storm. Basement leak, stupid car runs through the fence. I mean, it's something. It just, when you own property, it goes with the territory. I love real estate, but it is a hassle compared to owning mutual funds. So number one, get your emergency fund up. Then number two, I would start with a two-pronged approach of getting these paid down pretty aggressively and... Also, let's reach over and uh, uh, start that 15% going into retirement. And get rid of this car debt. Oh, definitely. Car debt's got to go before we do anything. That's, uh, you're going to get rid of that tomorrow. Uh, that, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, not the car, but the car debt. So first, work your baby steps, man. You just start listening. Baby step one's $1,000 saved. You've done that. Two is debt-free but the house. Need to knock out the car like George said. Three is three to six months of expenses saved for emergencies. In your case, I'm going to jack that on up to 75 because you got heavy expenses with these rentals that you don't have a cash position to cover. Then four is we start to put 15% of our income into retirement. You work all of that for the next uh, 15 years. You're going to have a bunch of paid-for property, and you're going to have a pile of cash over in mutual funds also, and you're going to be in really good shape. But you're going to have to lean into it and be very intentional. Sometimes when people first start buying property, and you're a little bit further into this, you're not brand new, but we feel like uh, like it's magic and it's automatically works, and it's anything but magic and anything but automatic. Well, everyone says it's passive income, Dave. There's I saw a TikTok. passive about Anybody says real estate's passive income is never managed real estate. There's nothing passive about it. It's freaking active as it can be. That's an absurd but statement when people say that. That's somebody selling a get-rich-quick thing on Tic Tac. You know, that's all that is. It's just not even real. All right, Amanda is in Cincinnati. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for speaking with me. Sure, what's up? Um, so I've been listening for a couple months and trying to implement what I've been hearing. So my husband and I had whole life policies, so we got rid of those. Good. We went with standard, got term and policies, and we have three children, um, six and under. So we did the writer for the children, Good, but, um, we have a whole life policy. We were talked into getting for my oldest son when he was an infant and it's 15 years pay and we are six years in. So should we get rid of that also? Sure. Okay. Absolutely sucks. Yeah. The money you put into it 
you're going to get very little out of. It has a horrible rate of return. It is not good for saving money, and it's not good for insurance. You got him covered for insurance now with a rider, right? Correct. Yeah, and so now it's just the question is, is a whole life policy a good investment? To which everyone in the financial planning world that doesn't sell that crap is laughing. Of course it's not a good investment. It's a horrible investment. Much better off to take any money you get out of that policy and any money you are putting into it monthly and put that in a good mutual fund in a 529 for his college. Mm. I thought, Dave, that whole life policies were going to start to die off, but it's only gotten louder with social media and index universal life and infinite banking and all these concepts now that are being touted. Those aren't new, though. Those are 40-year-old ideas. They're making them fancy and slick now with one-minute videos. Put them on Tic Tac with somebody with good hair, and all of a sudden everybody's talking about it. But, you know, it's just it's the same old crap. You know, it's just, it is, yeah, yes, Amanda, to answer your question, honey, get rid of your whole life policies. Mm. You've got the child covered. You don't even really need child coverage except enough to bury them if, God forbid, something happens. Because they're not creating an income that the household is dependent upon. You, however, are creating an income that the household is dependent upon. You need to replace that income with a big term life policy, 10 to 12 times your income. So you make 50000 you need five to 600000 on you. To, co- to invest, that would then create 50000 and replace the income that is lost with the death of an income-producing adult. Children do not need life insurance except enough for, quote, final expenses, we call it, to mm. not have to say. And insurance is not an investment. Don't believe anyone who says it Never. is. Never. Never. Listen, you don't get your muffler fixed at the transmission store. Don't go to life insurance people to do investing. That, you know, I you, seriously, no thank you. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, host of The Ken Coleman Show, where he talks about your career, your work, all the time, every day, is my co-host today. So you want to talk about those subjects, he's here for you. And uh, I'll try to stumble around and cover some of it, too. The phone number is 888-825-5225. The call and the advice is free, and some say it's worth exactly what you pay for it. Dana is with us in Pittsburgh. Hey, Dana, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, so excited. Well, we're excited. How can we help? Well, I recently, first off, I watch you all the time. You, Rachel, Dr. John, George, love you guys. You've saved my life in many ways. Thank you so much. I truly respect all of you. Well, thank you. Um, absolutely. So I saw something the other day that said, poor people use debit cards. Rich people use credit cards. I don't have any credit cards. I don't have any debt. Mm-hmm. I have great investments. I have money saved up. I only have living expenses. I have a great job. Mm-hmm. I don't have any credit cards. Should I? Well, I don't know who Should said I that. I guess I, it sounds like you ought to stay off of TikTok. <laughs> yeah. You didn't see that at a Cracker Barrel, did you? No, you didn't see it at Cracker Barrel. I promise you, 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 you might have. Yeah, you wouldn't have seen it there. Uh, you wouldn't have seen it where actual rich people hang out or actual poor people hang out. Yeah, so I don't know. It sounded to me like they got that exactly backwards. My net worth several hundred million, and I hadn't had a credit card in 30 years, so I don't know where they got that. Okay, so, but then don't I need a credit card to, like, rent a rental car? Or uh, do use I, it? I haven't a had a credit card? card. I haven't had a credit card in 30 years. 
and really? I and I travel more than any two of you put together. So, um, okay. yeah, they, they take a debit card. I mean, you have to work some of the situations you have to work at. Not every, uh, uh of the, uh, rent a car companies take them. No. And there are some situations where you have to do a workaround on it, but it's not this idea that you, you know, so here, here's the thing. People get credit cards for mainly one reason. So they can buy crap. They don't have the money to buy. Right. And then they justify it going, well, I need to build my credit. That's what they say, because that's what okay, rich so people do. P- rich people build their credit. Bull crap! All the rich people that we interview say they st- get out of debt and stay out of debt, and that's right. how they got rich. They don't pay payments all the time. Because see, there's only one way to build your credit: go in debt, right? Right. Why? So you can build your credit. Why? So I can go into debt. <laughs> Why? So I can build my credit. Why? So I can go into debt. Why? So I can build my credit. It's a dog chasing its tail. It's called the great FICO scam. <laughs> So that, well, that that's my, I, I haven't had a FICO credit. score in 30 years. Really? Yeah, really. Mine's, mine's, uh, that th- they said I don't exist. I'm not here. I'm off the grid. Wow. Cause I don't have any they credit. I don't have all, any, then. I have had no interaction with debt in well over 30 years of any kind. And so I have zero on my credit bureau report. So I have a zero credit score. They, they say it's indeterminable. I call it zero. Hmm. Right. Dana, what do you think you need credit for? What do you think you need a credit score for right now? If I want to buy a house one day. Mm. Not true. You'd no. have to talk to George Campbell. He bought a house with zero credit score. Yeah. And he got a mortgage, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he did it with manual underwriting, it's called, with Churchill Mortgage. And got the same okay. interest rate that people with an 800 score would have gotten. But you know wow. what George did, don't you? He turned around and paid the house off. And so at 32 right. years old, he and Whitney are millionaires. So, you know, that's, that, awesome. that's what they did. And, and it wasn't because he makes a bazillion dollars here, because I don't pay that good. <laughs> 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 Actually, I do. But George was George got it paid off before he started making bank. So yeah. there you go. But anyway. <laughs> and Whitney. Whitney makes up. Oh, you know, yeah. Two good incomes there. That's it. But anyway, they, uh, yeah. So, no, Dana, the, it's a scam. And whoever said that, I mean, listen, you got to be careful where you take financial advice. Broke people walk around all the time with financial advice. Don't take financial advice from broke people. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Don't, you know, your broke finance professor in college is telling you how you need to do stuff. And he's got no money. A broke finance professor is like a shop teacher with missing fingers. Mm. I mean, come on. Yeah. There's issues here. So, yeah. All right. Open phones, folks, at 888-825-5225. You know, Kent, what's interesting is if you look around, you say, okay, the vast majority of the population is something I don't want to be. Yeah. Then don't do what they're doing. That's right. The vast majority of them look good and have no money. Mm -hmm. They have cars they can't afford, vacations that they're still paying for after they got home. Their net worth is horrible. They're counting on the government to provide for them when they get to retirement because they're not saving for retirement. Their children are a student loan looking for a place to happen because they're not saving for college. This is normal in America. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That means 78% of Americans are not worthy to give out financial advice because they're freaking broke. So when your broke friends have an opinion, just smile. Yeah. No, thank you. That'd be like me having an opinion on growing hair on my head. Yeah, yeah. That'd right. be dumb. Yeah. I mean, if I, I, you know, there's none up there. Well, you could be an expert on what not to do. 
Yeah, but I don't even know what caused it. I know other than, you did. You know, it's I can, DNA. I can claim it's yeah. DNA. So here's what's going on, Dave. We live in I a world. I can claim it's going broke. That's I can right. claim my hair right. fell out for a lot of reasons. But at the end of the day, I'm not good at growing it on the top of my head. So you should not take my right. hair on top of your head advice. So here's what I want people to hear. Just because it's marketed so heavily and everybody else has bought it doesn't mean it's true. We have marketing messages that have been going on for decades. You pick a, an area of life where you see a commercial. Let's take the uh, let's take the uh, prescription drugs. They are marketing these things are good for you, but the list of side effects are longer than the actual thing it's helping. And but they market it with these happy ebullient when people half in the commercial. Of the commercial is the disclaimer. You know, Let's just know. Okay, and so yeah. it's it's marketing. And so you know, it, we've got to understand that it's been marketed to you that you need a credit score. It has been marketed Debt over and over. It's the and most over. aggressively marketed product by time spent on the air, yeah. dollars spent on advertising of any product in history of humans. That's exactly right. MasterCard, Visa, and American Express's combined marketing budget is billions a year. Mm-hmm. It's way more than beer. Right. It's way more than, I don't know, cars. Put all the car companies together. It's a tenth of what the credit card, just the credit, just the three credit card companies. I'm not talking about people like Sofi, who also advertised to get you into debt, or other people like this. It's nothing like that. I mean, you, Bank of America, God help us. You know, I mean, put all those budgets together to get you into debt. Oh my God, it is the most marketed product in the history of the world. And guess what? It's also the most purchased. That's why this show is so popular, because people are up with their eyeballs in debt and can't breathe. Highest percentage, Dave, of all time of six-figure earners that are living paycheck to paycheck, and it's largely credit card debt. Man, when I was a kid, if you made $100,000 a year, you were automatically rich. Yeah. Now you're just automatically in debt. This is The Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates, but when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're people you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. That's RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Thank you for joining us, America. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. The question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Spring is here, and Neighborly can help keep your home and yard in top shape. With the ground skies, Mosquito Joe, Lawn Pride, Molly Maid, and more. So spend time enjoying your home, not working on it. Go to Neighborly.com and find the service pros in your area. All right, today's question comes from Clark in Los Angeles. Clark writes, we have $3,600 in our bank account, but my wife wants to join a six-week MLM training course for $10,000. It's her way or the highway on this? She was approved for a $5,000 credit card, and she applied for a $2,000 loan with our bank. The deposit on the course is $3,000, which she would take from our checking, leaving us with $600 in the bank. Then there's the payment plan. She's already been doing MLM for four years, which we have made zero profit on. Am I crazy to be mad about her on this matter? I need your help. Dave, I'm actually mad for Clark. Like, it's frustrating. 
It's frustrating. Yeah. This is somebody who's out of control. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's out um, of control. Yeah. And, and the, the the one of the most aggravating things about people that get into MLMs, not everyone, but 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 some people that get in, it they take on this cult like thing to where if you're not in it, then you must be stupid. And if you don't understand what I'm doing, then you're an idiot Uh, because only people that are smart do. I mean, all the smart people do this stuff. And if you don't understand, and they actually, some of the MLMs really, some of the hierarchies within certain MLMs will push that mentality. We caught Mary Kay about 15 years ago. I don't know if they still do it or not. They were telling ladies to uh, use their credit card to buy the stuff and not tell their husband. They're telling them from the stage to lie to their husband. Yikes! And I'm like, man, that's some bad medicine right there, ladies. Mm-hmm. You guys are you guys are freaks. This is nutty. That's total greed run amok. Well, that's looking in your checking account. You're yeah, sixty four hundred dollars off. Yeah. Like I when Clark, I first every, everything this. you've mentioned says that um that that this entire plan is stupid. Okay, it's out of control. And the but juiced up with a wife that says, uh, "I'm doing this because this is my way." Even though there's absolutely no track record in four years that she's ever made any money doing it, and there's no the, there's no way to get this money. They might get this two thousand dollar loan, but I mean the exposure to the whole family over this deal. Yeah, and she's she's putting everyone's she's putting aside common sense. She's putting aside good financial decisions. Her marriage fidelity. She's putting aside her. Uh, her husband's wishes she's putting aside the good of her own family all for her to chase this greed and this is greed make no mistake oh yeah because this is i'm going to do this and then i'm going to be able to buy a yacht i'm going to live the dream as the mlm people say and so uh that 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 is straight up greed and when you and when you push everyone, including common sense, good financial sense, your husband's wishes, the good of your family, aside for your selfish greed, you are a mess. You're a hot mess, lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're messed up. So now, what does Clark do? I think you guys have got to see a marriage counselor. I, I think instantaneously, because I I always tell couples, man, you be real careful with my way or the highway. My way or the highway, because people choose the highway. That's exactly right. And use that for very, very rare circumstances. And um, she pulled it on an MLM training course. <laughs> like, that's, that's like, that's that's like going, that, that's a pretty big waste of that set of ammunition. It's like being in Vegas and they, you're playing Texas Hold'em and they give you a two and a six and you're just like, I'm all in. Like, that's a bold move with this. <laughs> um, so, Dave, I, just to, just because Clark's the only one we got here, right? Yeah. She's not a part of this conversation. Well, if he has outlined it correctly, they got serious issues. They, they, there's no question they got serious issues. This also feels like a power play. And sometimes there's power plays because people have lost their mind. They're just they're jerks, they're nuts. They bought into something that is a cult and they can't see the forest for the trees. Sometimes people smash the other side of the teeter-totter because somebody else in the marriage has been holding it down for so long and so long and so long and so long. And so, Clark, if that's you, if you have completely wrapped this house up in this is my way or the highway, and she finally says enough, this is my way or the highway, um, then that's something you need to put on the table. You but, may have reaped what you've sown. There you go. But 
<laughs> if not, brother, I'm sorry. Um, I would go see somebody this week, and if she won't go, you need to go by yourself because it looks like y'all are heading in completely different directions. Yeah. This marriage does not last. Absolutely not. Without help. Nope. This does not help. It does not last, okay? Because she's she's ready to burn the place down for a dream that has absolutely no underpinning whatsoever. And um, she's ready to burn your family, burn you, burn the finances, burn everything, burn the marriage all over a training course for MLM. Does that not sound like the dumbest thing you ever heard in your life? I'm getting ready to end every part of my life that's positive for that. That that Let me tell you, if you're in an MLM and you're recommending that your people downline do that, you should have your butt kicked up around your neck and wear it like a collar. You really should have somebody talk to you. You're hurting people. You're hurting people. You are a manipulative, unbelievable jerk, and you've got to stop that, and you're the reason that people hate MLMs is people like you that do that. Now, there actually know a few human beings in MLMs that are reasonable human beings. Absolutely. And they don't think I'm going to hell because I'm not in their MLM. It's not a cult, you know? They believe in their products. They believe in their products, and it's their method of selling it, and I'm not mad at them. That's not the point. The point is that the something about the MLM culture generates ever so often a company or a hierarchy within a company that promotes this kind of crap. Well, it goes back to what I think it makes me think of like Blockbuster. They made their money when their customers lost. They made their money on late fees, and they needed their customer to fail so that they could make their money, not the other way around. If you're teaching people, I lie to your husbands, then you are making your money off a marriage that's going to fall apart. You're making money off deception. You're making money off hurting people, and there will be an end game to your business. Yeah. You have to be about how can we help you, not how can we lie to you. What's the long play? Absolutely. Yeah. How does everyone end up more whole, healthy, and prosperous when we're done? Otherwise, your business will go yeah. if it's not about helping people. Yeah. So I'll give you an example, all right? Uh to go to Entree Leadership Master Series, I think the tickets are gone for platinum for uh, April of next year. Okay, there'll be about 3,000 people there. There'll be some of the top speakers in the world and teachers in the world. I'm very, very proud of what we will be doing. But to sit in a platinum seat is just under $10,000. If you call me up and you say the way you're going to go to platinum, as good as platinum is, and it, it might be, in the Platinum Experiences, and as good as Entree Leadership Master Series is, might be the best leadership conference in America today, bar none. I mean, I'm so proud of what we do there. We just completed one. you got high marks on your, speak, on your speaking there. It's absolutely incredible. Dr. Jordan Peterson, Willie Robertson were there with us, and Malcolm Gladwell were there with us. It was an incredible, incredible event. And we had guys on the front row that paid almost $10,000 a piece to be sitting there in that Platinum section. If you call me up and you say the way you're going to come and sit in the platinum section at Entree Leadership, as proud as I am of it, and as I know it's worth every dime, is that you're going to clean out your bank account down to $600, and you're going to go against your spouse's wishes, I'm going to tell you I don't want you as a customer. And you're borrowing 7000 yeah. You need to yeah. stay home. Absolutely. You don't, I do not want your money. You need to stay home. Because I don't want your marriage's blood on my I, hands. I don't, I don't, yeah. This is not what I do. Right. I don't do. I mean, I I sell something like a ten thousand dollar weekend is my point, and never one time have we knowingly accepted a situation like this and encouraged this is the way to get ten thousand dollars out of somebody. Nope, nope. Don't need the money that bad, boys and girls. I got to sleep later. It's not that hard a life, you know. This is just wrong. So, honey, Clark, get your marriage counselor because when your wife says my way or the highway on anything, 
This is known as a flare was just shot up off the deck of the boat. Warning, warning. And that boat is going down. This is The Ramsey Show. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author. My daughter is my co-host today. Be sure and check her and George out. The uh, Smart Money Happy Hour has a uh, once-a-week podcast drop. It drops on Thursday, right? Yes, every so Thursday. New episodes. Every Thursday. If you want to figure out what these two are drinking, I mean, uh, what their <laughs> advice is, you can find it out there. do mocktail and cocktail, so you get both. Yeah, I, I just, I'm a little, I saw on social media, I don't see much on social media, but I was thumbing through my Insta. What do you call that? The gram? What no, do you call you're right. It's the Insta. It's the gram. Keep going. The gram. And there's a little kid, 10 years old. Yeah. Drinking. <laughs> The mocktail <laughs> that you all taught him to make oh, on probably a fun Smart Money Happy Hour. So I think you're causing juvenile delinquency. No! That's what I'm thinking. It's probably muddled, there was no alcohol in it. It was probably muddled strawberries. It was with the, some no, it was the one with like the. A, it was like a float. It had like ice cream oh, or something. Yeah. Like. I mean, we yeah, we have yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, Listen, you need something I, I just, fun. I think you're causing problems while with the you youth talk of America. about pop culture and money. And hey, we get we get messages all the time. That six-year-olds, seven-year-olds love the show, and even like eighty-year-olds love and the show. And you're teaching them to drink. We got no, we're not. <laughs> we're not teaching them to drink. Listen, it's not a show about drinking, people. I'm just kidding. It's okay? a happy they hour. They do show. have a drink of the day, and it's because it's happy hour. Yeah, and sometimes it's happy it has hour. alcohol. So check it out. It's, <laughs> it's always funny. fun and funny because George and Rachel are, if anything, they're fun. If anything, they're always fun. Brings so be sure fun. to check it out. I think somebody wishes we talked about money a little bit more and a little less fun sometimes, but we have a lot of fun. It's kind of in the title, Smart Money Happy Hour. There's that. Yeah, okay. So I'm just, just holding you accountable to that. That's all. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Madison is in Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, Madison. How are you? Hey, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Sure. What's up? Um so my question is, I have a camper that I'm renting out and making good money on, um, but we're living in a dumpy house and we got a lot of debt that we need to tackle. So should I sell that camper and make, uh, get like $15,000 back plus get rid of that loan debt and put that on my current debt? Or should I move my family into the camper and um, kind of use that as our uh use it as a way to decrease our expenses okay i'm a little bit unclear how you rent out campers for money what's going on to explain that to me yeah oh yeah there's some great uh websites that you can go it's kind of like an airbnb oh so it's it's like um, a camper uber okay that's right yeah so i just uh, drop it off to people and they rent it for a weekend or something my God, what will they come up with next? Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I'm just learning something. Okay. So what is it? How, how much do you make on that? I'm just curious. I'm going to tell you to sell it anyway, but how much do you make on it? I've been making about a grand a week, which has been nice extra cash for us. What's it worth? The camper is worth 43000 How much do you owe but on I it? I owe 25000 25000 Every week you're making $1,000. Every week that it's rented, I would say. Oh, well, no kidding. How many weeks is it rented? Uh, Most weeks. I probably, at least three weeks a a month. And is that that year-round, though, Madison, or is that just because of the summer? 
Just because of the summer. Okay. I have been looking into okay. uh, shipping. So you're it not making $52,000 a year, $1,000 a week. You're making $20,000 a year. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, that's helpful yeah. because I was about to just have a coronary over here. About to go into <laughs> camper business. But anyway, the um, <laughs> no, yeah, sell it. I, listen, you're not in a position to be in the camper investment Airbnb business. You're broke. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you already knew. I just said how, it more bluntly. How much debt do you guys have, Madison, total? Combined with me and my husband, we have about 140000 in On debt. On what? Um, uh, we have a, a business that we started, and that's been doing really well. But to, the startup cost for that was uh, we have about 15000 left on that. We have a vehicle. I have student loans. Um, How much you owe on the vehicle? The vehicle about forty thousand. What do you owe on the student loans? Forty five thousand. Okay. And how uh, much do you guys make a year? Uh, about one hundred forty four thousand. And then the and then you owe twenty on the camper. Twenty five on the twenty five on the camper. That gets us to one forty. Okay. Hey yeah 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 yeah. And your household income's what? One hundred forty four thousand. And you're in a dumpy house. Yeah, we are renting because uh, we moved back from Florida. weren't sure what to do with the business, but we really need to have a place that we have the business at home because it's so uh, inconvenient right now. Uh, the house is is not in the best shape, not in the best neighborhood. And how so long you, you, move, you don't have two years tax returns on the business, though, do you? I don't have uh, my tax returns. The CPA that I hired to no, do I mean, my you taxes haven't had the business two so. years, have you? I have. It's in the third year right now. Okay. Did you make enough in the two years on your tax returns when you do get them done to take them to the mortgage company and get a mortgage for a house? Yes. Okay. So if you sold the camper and you tore into the debt and knocked out the debt and then saved up a down payment you could, you could, and you sold a car, you could be debt free yeah. um, in less than a year and start talking about buying a house. Yes. So how's that, how's that sound? That we're at now. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Okay. Yeah, Madison, if I were you guys, it, I would just sell like sell whatever you can. Sell the camper, sell the car, like all that stuff you can yeah. rebuy both later. Cats. Sell both cats. But it's like just get rid of stuff. And I mean, obviously, the, the student loan and the business loan, those are still going to be around. But knock those two out. And yeah, and I think you guys are going to be in a totally different position. I think it's a good just mental exercise for you guys. Here's just to thing. get you yeah. been carrying around all this stuff that's equated to carrying around debt and just getting rid of some of it, I think it's going to bring you a lot of peace, Madison. It's kind of a minimalism move for yeah. you guys. Yeah. And and, yeah. and, and you're, the thing is, you're just entrepreneurial, and you see something shiny, and you jump on it. Yeah. And that's how the camper thing happened. And then, oh, and then I could go over and do this, and I can do that, and I could do this. And then all of a sudden, your life got real cluttered. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Well, yeah. the camper we bought because we moved into it, and we were living in it for a while, and then we have three kids. That didn't work. Um, so we decided the we adventure house, was over. But now yeah. we're in the house, and that's not working either. So. Yeah. Well, let's let's have a one-year to eighteen-month plan to be one hundred percent debt-free with an emergency fund and a down payment, because mm-hmm. you're making really good money. And get real focused with a mm-hmm. budget to do all this, and then sell everything in sight. Sell so much stuff the kids think they're next, and really get in gear here, and let's get this stuff done. Rachel's exactly right. That's what I would do because I can see what the thing is that that with the 
the cluttered approach, the chaotic approach that you've used to money so far has uh, kind of made you feel like you can, you're never going to get there. And we can see the numbers where you're really going to get there very fast yeah. if you take these dramatic moves. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's just going to it's going to bring you guys a level of peace and control that you just haven't had, Madison. I mean, but of 140, 80K is a camper in a car. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, it's, it's amazing just like removing some of that, you know, and then you put your life on top of medicine with three kids and you guys are working, you're starting a business. I mean, you guys have a lot of moving pieces in your life anyways. And so just simplifying and getting stuff out, I think is going to feel really cleansing to you guys in more ways than just the financial. I think it's really going to be helpful. And then, and then working a plan and being intense on that plan seeing progress and goals you guys are really goal oriented so you're going to start to feel that traction and I, yeah i think you guys are going to kill it i mean yeah i think you're going to do great yeah that's very good you, you really got the potential if you just but you're going to have to yeah. make some pretty dramatic shifts here yeah. in the short term to get your long-term goals but i mean visualize three years from now you're living in a nice home with a 15-year fixed where the payment's no more than a fourth of your take-home pay your business is continuing to grow and you've got no debt other than that I can breathe that in and that feels like a better life. And that's not That's worth that's worth no camper, no car. Yes. And that's not out of reach, Madison. That no, dream that's, that's, for three that, years, like that's that's com- reality. That's completely doable. Yep, absolutely. Mathematically, with the math you gave us, that's doable. But you guys gotta line up and get after it. You gotta bust it. And if you do that, then this'll this'll work for you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, thank you for calling in. Man, I love people. I just learned something every day on this show. Dave's like Make money renting out a camper? Well, I'm thinking. Should I? $42,000 camper, and you're getting $1,000 a week. In 42 months, you paid for the thing. I mean, it's 42 it, it weeks. It is an you amazing world we live in of what you weeks can you rent pay out. For the thing. Even but, rent out but your car. But it doesn't stay rented. I mean, you rent out everything. It took Makes me a minute money. to get to the bottom of the business pro forma. But yeah, okay. Anyway, this is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Matthew 6 34. Therefore, do not do, be anxious about tomorrow for. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Winston Churchill said, It is a mistake to try to look too far ahead. The chain of destiny can only be grasped one link at a time. Never heard that from Churchill. Interesting. Very cool. The dude had a way of words, didn't he? He's a wordsmith. (laughs) Aspen is in College Station, Texas. Hi, Aspen. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call and all you guys are doing. Thank you. How can we help? Um, So I have kind of an interesting question. My husband is currently in school to be a veterinarian. He graduates in 10 months. We own our house um, debt-free except the mortgage, except he will be getting student loans hitting him right when we um, leave. So when we sell our house, we will have about 130 in equity after the sale. And he'll owe about 160. I was wondering if it would be okay to use about 40,000 of that 130 as a down payment on a house for when we move. Um, how much student loan debt does he have? 160. And, and we are currently paying on it. And I believe we'll be about at 140 by the time and you get 140 out of the house so you could be clear if you if you just wait to buy a house yes i I would i would be clear the student loans okay that's not what you wanted to hear but i would be no because i think (laughs) i I think that here's what's going to happen okay 
you're coming out of school, you're resetting everything in your mind. You're resetting everything in your life. All the math in your life is changing. You're going from being a student, piling up debt to clearing debt and starting to have some serious money. And uh, do you know where he's going to be working yet? Has he got that lined up? Yes. So he's already signed a contract and he will start off at 130. I am currently working full time. So we're living off my salary right now, which is more than enough. So how much is your salary? 95. And it'll be the same when you move. Um, it'll likely be a little bit higher. I'm lined up for a promotion, hopefully in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it'll be closer to 110. So you guys are going to be making a quarter of a million dollars with not a debt in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying rent for a year, rent for a year, and pile up a huge pile of cash and then go buy something. You will buy something different than you would stealing this 40000 away from the student loan debt and trying to squeak into a house to go from house to house instead of renting for one year. You're moving to a new market. You'll know the market better. You can take your time in the purchase. You'll have the income stabilized. Your lives will be stabilized. You're going to do a lot better real estate deal, a lot more accurate real estate deal for the next five years than you will do if you do what you're thinking. But Understood. That's a great point. Yeah, but your friends are going to think you're crazy. <laughs> they already think we're crazy. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. They're broke. And understand, your <laughs> your parents may say the same thing. Oh, you guys need to put a down payment. But let me tell you something. When we moved, I had three little ones. Uh, they were all, let's see, eight, mm, call it six and and five when we moved here nine years ago. And Stacy and I rented for two years because we wanted to save up a larger down payment. And two, we wanted to get a lay of the land and figure out where we were going to plant here. And so yeah. it's, it is not unwise to rent. Can I just tell you, it gives you options for a short period of time. Yeah. Short period of time. And right. two is on the long end, but it worked for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, like I'm saying one year here, you're going to know the market better. You'll take your time in the purchase. You'll, you'll make a much better purchase and your brain is going to be in a different place mm-hmm. making a quarter of a million than it was vet school and 90. So true. And it, you know, you'll adjust, you'll go, okay, this is the right, you, you're going to make a better house decision. That's more forward looking than jumping to jumping. Yeah. And, and, um, but, but everybody's so strung out about real estate. I love real estate and I want you to be a homeowner, but I want you to do it the right way. Lee is with us or Leah in uh, Boston. Hi, Leah. How are you? Yes. Hi, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, I am 43. I just turned 43 and I am thinking of going back to school for my NP, um, nurse practitioner. Um, and I just became actually, this is all my second career being a nurse. Um, and, um, I'm thinking about how to pay for it. It's about 50 grand. Um, and I could pay outright for it. Um, however, my income when I'm in school, though it's part-time will go down a little bit as well because I won't be working as much. Um, So I can pay for it, but in my mind, I get scared to do that and I'm more tempted to take out loans. So you you feel like you'll be more secure going into debt than you would be secure with a little less money. You're wrong. (laughs) 
I know I'm wrong. <laughs> I know I'm wrong. That's the thing. I just, you know, I'm also, I'm also, I'm, I'm also a mom. Um, I have one 12 year old. Uh-huh. Um, Doesn't change a thing. And you know, how much money, how much money yeah. have you got in the bank, Leah? Um, I have about like two ninety five. Yeah. And, and you're going to spend, <laughs> and you're going to spend what on the, on the, uh, the nurse practitioner? 50, 50. About 50, give or a little, probably a little bit over 50. But You realize how rent, ridiculous the question, the numbers you just gave me are, don't you? No, but my The difference in 295 and 250. Right. 245. My, in terms of taking care of a 12-year-old is laughable. But If you burn through 245, a, you're going to burn through 295. I love this back and forth. You've gone to the butt three times and Dave's interrupted you. i got to hear this butt. What is the butt? But I have, you know, expenses. My rent is is expensive. You princess die? (laughs) No. (laughs) Quarter of a million dollars of expenses? Well, no. I mean, I have, you know, I, I am, I. I had I made a lot more money before this career. Now I've gone down because I hated my job before, right. and now I love my job. But it came at a okay. Cost. So Leah, hold on one second. Let's look at how much what are it? you going to make less as you're going into school? How much less will you make? Have you got that figured out as take home? How's it going to change? Um, I well, I used to make over three hundred thousand. No, that's not what we're talking about. Um, no, you said you, you used to make, make eight million, but that doesn't matter. What do you make now? That's going to go down. Yeah, I I bring home about um, between seven and eight thousand a month. Okay. And you would, um, instead you'll be bringing home how much? Yeah, um, I would say about probably six. Okay, so two thousand a month. That's twenty four thousand dollars. Right. Can you adjust your lifestyle to where that's not stressing you out? Well, pull twenty four thousand out of your two ninety five. There's that. And pull too. fifty out of your two ninety five. Right, and keep also, everything exactly also, like it is right now, and go to school without borrowing money. You do not need to borrow money. It's insanity with your numbers. There's also there's also the, the okay. The, you need to go borrow money. You should go deeply in debt. I'm tired of arguing <laughs> with you. You should go deeply in debt and see if you can bankrupt yourself. Yeah. Oh my God, woman! How many times have I got to argue with you? This is nuts. <laughs> She's fighting hard for that loan right now. I'm, I'm, desperate, I'm desperate to go into student loan debt. Well, go at it, lady. Go at it. That's what you need to do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How in the world? You're sitting on $300,000 cash, and your biggest worry is a $24,000 shortfall and a 12-year-old. Jeez. You, you're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Because she didn't get – you didn't get there. With, with being crazy and undisciplined to stack that kind of cash away you, she got there because she had a huge income bigger she than this did before. but she still saved it you know it's not like she's gonna just blow this cash yeah. but no we don't borrow money to preserve a savings account so no 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 how many times i gotta say this no no Ken, good show today. <laughs> Thank you, sir. That was fun. Austin, Ben, James, Zach, and Andrew in the booth. Well done, guys. <laughs> well done. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus.
Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.